This is Lifting the Lid. Conversations with fascinating people living life on their terms. Our next guest requires no introduction. All right, my next guest is Chris Hall, the co-owner, one of the largest sports management companies in Australia, Pacific Sports Management. Hello, Chris. Hello, Dean. Great to be here, mate. Fantastic. <laughs> mate, let's start at the end. Why do you love being a sports agent? Uh, look, it keeps me involved in sports, something I've been passionate about all my life. Um, it keeps me, keeps me young, dealing with... Uh, you know, the... First call of the day. <laughs> have to stop that. Pause. Why is he calling me? That's never good. All right, so let's start at the end. Why do you love being a sports agent? Mate, it keeps me involved in sport. Um, keeps me young, you know, dealing with uh, young athletes coming through at the start of their journey and helping guide them through to um, hopefully professional level. And what's the toughest thing about being a sports agent? It's dealing with the different personalities. You know, you not everyone comes from the same background, so you're always dealing with different personalities, different cultures, you know, trying to find the medium and the, the way to uh, guide that particular athlete. You were a professional rugby league player back in the day before you were an agent. Are you proud of your career? Look, mate, looking back, I think I could have done better. Uh, had I listened to the older Chris Orr today, uh, I would have certainly focused a lot more on my training. I don't think I trained as hard as I possibly could have, and uh, therefore limited my opportunities. But in the end, uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I had a chance to... Uh, play at the top level here and overseas and mate I um I won't regret any of that it certainly was a fantastic journey highlights any particular highlights look just coming together with a great fantastic bunch of guys there at the Gold Coast Chargers when everyone sort of threw us out of the competition looked like we weren't going to be able to survive and then to come back and um playing that 97 semi-finals was uh, a great result can you actually name all the clubs you played for yes I have played for a few in the lower grades but um Manly, Cronulla, Tigers, Gold Coast, Huddersfield Giants. And do you think the club hopping hindered the career at all? Certainly would have. Um, I think, again, if I had my time again and had someone guiding me that knew the industry, I probably would have chosen a a different path and uh, stayed with the Cronulla Sharks maybe throughout my career. Who was the best player you played with or against? Best player I played with, I would say Kevin Campion. He's also my first client, so that makes that quite special. And in England, Gary Schofield. Against, well, there was quite a few. You know, I played against Andrew John, so he's immortal. We'll put him down. <laughs> what about the biggest pest? Biggest pest? I think it could be Jimmy Goddard, and he was in my team. Or a kid called um, Stephen Booth from the Huddersfield Giants. He was quite a pest. And uh, you've made some lifelong friends from footy. Can you tell me about some of those friendships you formed? Uh, look, some of the friends that you, you meet along the way, um, some are there for just that period of time and some that you keep. And out of all the clubs, I think I've kept you know, one or two special friends out of each club. And I still stay in contact with those. And uh, as I just said... One of my teammates became my first client, Kevin Campion. I'm still friends with him today, and his two boys have done work experience with my firm over the years throughout their schooling. Um, and I still keep in contact with Kevin. He just sent me a, a text uh, this morning of a um, article of the semi-final team in '95, outlining who we were playing, Newcastle Knights and myself. 
uh, the Gold Coast Seagulls back then. During the recent World Cup, you were awarded your Scottish cap. When and where did you play for Scotland? So in 98, when I went overseas, I represented my grandfather's birth country in Scotland, and uh, that was a fantastic experience. We, um, we got to travel to France and play France, and then we, we played Ireland as well. So uh, I think it was a great thing that they've done, that they've organised caps for all the players that have played for Scotland over the many years. And to get that in camp at this World Cup, uh, whilst I now manage two players that were representing Scotland at the same time, it was, a, again, a, a great experience. Now, Jason Tamalolo chose to play for Tonga this year instead of New Zealand. Based on your own experiences, what was it like? Look, heritage is, is something we all uh, hold on to, and mine was the Scottish, and uh, Jason's parents and uh, grandparents all come from Tonga. And just from the stories I've received back from him, it's been an emotional journey and one that uh, I think he'll cherish for the rest of his life. What did you learn during your playing career that has helped you in your management career? Quite a lot, actually. Um, you know, the experience of leaving a small country town to, to the big smoke, uh, dealing with that, uh, not having family around initially, um, then obviously moving between clubs has also uh, gave me the experience that you deal with different personalities, different CEOs, different coaches, different teammates, different locations, relocating, all those things that I actually experienced going overseas, the different process of getting visas and everything like that uh, has certainly put me in good stead to advise on those things. So your last club was the Gold Coast Chargers. You obviously liked the lifestyle and decided to stay. Did you have any initial concerns about the transition into the next stage of your career? Definitely. Coming back from Super League, we settled back on the Gold Coast and I took a role on with the local rugby uh, club in a marketing capacity and also played with them. Uh, it was the launch of the Gold Coast Breakers and uh, exciting times for rugby on the Gold Coast. It gave me an opportunity to um, expand my knowledge in clubland, um, but when the opportunity arose to move into the agency game, we, I joined my brother and um, yeah, it was uh, a bit daunting at that stage, but you know, 18 years on, we're, we're doing okay. How old were you when you started PSM? Oh, that might say my age. Um, look, 28, which I probably could have kept on playing at uh, a certain level, but it was the right time for me. And again, it was a daunting journey initially because you know we had to go back to the uh, youth of the game. You know, the profile players were already managed, so we were probably one of the initial clubs that uh, went down to the lower age groups of the 16-year-olds and 15-year-olds, and we signed the likes of a Greg Bird and an Eight Miles at 15 years of age. Does the entrepreneurial spirit run in the family? I think it does. Uh, I've never seen my father work for anyone. Uh, he's always owned his own businesses, so I think all the boys seem to um, take that entrepreneurial gene on from him. Uh, we've all gone on to now own our own businesses, uh, the four boys. So I think it certainly is something that we inherited from our father. And what's it like being in business with family? It, uh, it certainly can be trying, but it's, uh, it's also uh, rewarding. And um, look, you know that your, your family's got your back when uh, times are tough. So it's certainly on that side of it, um, you can't trust anyone more than family. And have you had any mentors along the way that have helped you out? I've certainly uh, taken a lot from my own father, but then, you know, along the way I've met some interesting personalities, one being a gentleman called Jonathan Crisp. He launched his um, sports management and agency back in the 70s in uh, England. He's gone on to own numerous properties and mentored numerous people within um, the sporting landscape. 
he's been a fantastic supporter of mine and uh, yeah, someone I rely on when I, I want to get some mentoring. And do you recommend that for anyone looking to start a business or involved in business to find a mentor? I think so. I think it's um, always good to continue to learn and, and be educated and if you can trust a mentor that will um, open your eyes to, to new ways of doing things, um, especially from their experiences, then that can only be a benefit to you. Now, in terms of creativity, a lot of people might say that, you know, managers are very creative when it comes to contracts. But um, tell me about the role creativity plays in your life. Oh, I think that's part of uh, who I am. You know, I, I'm certainly the creative side in our management, coming up with uh, different ways to structure contracts or finding new journeys or new pathways for athletes. When one door closes, you've got to find another door that, and, and open it up sometimes. Sometimes you've got to kick it down. Sometimes pressure's on to get the deal done um, and you've got to come up with ways to, to appease both parties very quickly, being the club and the, and the player. But also, you know, thinking outside the square when it comes to um, trying to find the right deal that all parties are happy with. That sometimes needs some creative thinking. And what about outside of the management company? Are there other avenues that you're looking at pursuing? Certainly. Um, I love the, the sports management industry, but it's also enables me to look further than just the agency role. Uh, we're looking at doing events, courses, new pathway programs with camps and combines. Uh, looking overseas to look to uh, work with um, different parties across the U.S., it's something that I really like to uh, explore is an opportunity to move into the US market. So yeah, we've been pretty creative at the moment. We're coming up with different ideas around combines and, and pathways for athletes to find their way from uh, Australia or New Zealand or Samoa or Tonga and make a way over into the uh, United States. And um, who inspires you creatively? I'm not sure. Uh, look, I think it's just a case of um, being that sort of person. That, that looks outside the box, looks at something a little bit different to what others might look at it. I'm a problem solver. I face a problem, then I, I need to find a solution to it. Just a few of the names that you might have uh, met with over the journey, who's the most interesting person you've probably ever met? Yeah, look, there's been quite a few interesting people I've met over the course of this um, journey. And um, Gary Schofield's an interesting person from the football past when I played. And then I've met the, um, uh, the head of the NFL uh, international in Mark Waller, he was very interesting. Uh, the president of the 49ers or you know, different people within our own industry. Um, it's a wonderful thing, sport. It, it creates opportunities that you would never think would exist. Uh, relationships are built from uh, the networking opportunities you, you are provided through sport. Um, it's a good leveller as well. You might find the head of a CEO of a company, when you take him into the dressing rooms of a, of a rugby league shed or a sporting shed, he turns into the 14-year-old boy that he always was and gets a photo with, this, with the athlete. And you can, you know, you can create a, you know, a relationship with that gentleman for, for opening that door. In terms of happiness, how important is it to be happy in all parts of life, whether that's socially or professionally? Look, I think uh, 100%. Those who are happy within their working environment or their life in general will certainly lead a healthier existence for themselves, um, both mentally and uh, physically. I think uh, not enough effort is put into looking after and maintaining oneself, uh, both mentally and, and physically. Um, I've got the mental thing okay, it's the physical thing I've, I've got to start working on. My wife's not too happy with it at the moment. So Now look, going all the way back to when you were playing junior rugby league, an incident cost you the chance to play for the Australian schoolboys. Can you explain 
what happened and how you think that may have impacted your early career? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, um, every time you take the field, you, uh, you certainly are at risk of injury. We play a contact sport. And as I was selected in the New South Wales schoolboys to uh, head to uh, the Australian national titles, I was uh, requested by the first grade coach of the uh, Mudgee Dragons back then to play first grade for that weekend. We played Cower and subsequently I was uh, in a position where I chipped over the top and was about to regather and uh, lights out. I was uh, taken out from behind, uh, jersey grabbed and uh, swinging arm broke my jaw in three places. So unfortunately I was unable to attend that uh, tournament and I uh, had my jaw wide for uh, seven weeks. What did that mean to you at the time, um, not just physically, but mentally, facing that at a young age? Uh, look, it was a massive setback. Uh, I, I found um, great support in a teacher of mine uh, who went way above the call of duty and sent emails and letters uh, requesting I received all my uh, New South Wales kit, which I, which I did, which I'm thankful for him. And it was a certain setback, but I think uh, in the end I um, got past it. And it just, you know, it's one of those life experiences that uh, um, the old saying, if it doesn't kill you, then... Um, makes you stronger. Makes you stronger, <laughs> yeah. Do you have any what-if moments or are you purely now focused on moving forward? Yeah, I don't look back very often. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunities that are missed, especially in business. You know, a door might open and, and you either jump through it or or you hesitate, and sometimes I wish that um, I jumped when uh, when I hesitated, and then obviously sometimes I, uh, hesi- I wish I uh, hesitated and didn't jump on certain deals. But um, in all, it's a, it's a lesson. Um, you learn from all your mistakes, and um, where I sit right now, I've, I've got two healthy kids, a beautiful wife living on the Gold Coast. Uh, I represent some of the most uh, extraordinary athletes in Australia, and... Um, I just had coffee with a gentleman who I've managed since he was 15 and, and he's retired today and he's expecting his first child in three days and you know, the, um, the catch-up was wonderful. At its core, is sports management really just about the relationship between player and agent? I think it definitely needs to be a strong relationship between the, the athlete and his agent. I mean, it's a partnership, it's, it's like a marriage. You know, um, you, you will go through some uh, ups and downs, but uh, you need to be honest with one another and you need to be able to trust one another. The athlete needs to know that the agent's out there doing uh, his work and that work is in the best interest of the athlete. Seeing your players achieve their dreams and subsequently if a player decides to leave you to go to another management, does that affect you on a personal level? Look, I think that it does, uh, depending on the length of time you've been with the athlete so you've grown a long-term relationship with him but every relationship can come to an end as long as it's done uh, respectively and professionally then I don't think uh, either party can be too upset with it it's when it's uh, not done I think professionally or or face-to-face or have some level of respect to one another when that uh, relationship is coming to an end for whatever reason that that may be that's when it obviously is tough to take. So in recent times you've signed Daly Cherry Evans and Jason Tamalolo to long-term multi-million dollar deals, but even still you face criticism on both counts. How does that criticism affect you? Look, I don't really um, take too much notice of, of criticism regarding parties outside the relationship with myself and my client. 
as long as my client is happy with the deal, that's that's the outcome I'm looking for. Those two particular deals, uh, of course, they're going to create uh, discussions because they're um, first of their kind. But when you consider all the facts, those deals suited those particular times and those particular athletes. People went on to say this is going to create uh, a flow-on effect and have numerous players signing these types of deals. It won't. There needs to be uh, the right timing around these deals. It needs to be age comes into a factor, the club comes into a factor, the player comes into a factor. There's so many numerous factors that need to be considered before a deal like this could be struck. And what's it like dealing with the media? I mean, in terms of good and bad relationships? Uh, Look, the media, I I think we have a good relationship with them. Um, Agents in general seem to get the raw end of the stick when when required, but... um, Look, I'm open to any relationship, whether that's the media or the club or, or with athletes in general. The bottom line is, is if it's done out of respect and uh, you have a professional relationship with them, that's fine. Are you happy at times to be that shield for your player? Certainly, it's our, it's our role. We're there to protect our clients. We're there to uh, advise our clients. But sometimes our clients need to um, also be accountable for their actions and we're there to advise them that you know, that time comes that you need to stand up and say you did something wrong. Now, facing a challenge or fear seems to hold a lot of people back. Can you explain some of those challenges you've faced during your career? Look, the challenge of um, not having any income for about four years when we launched this company, that was a great challenge. I asked my wife. She would prefer me gone out and got a real job, as she calls it. Look, it was a long, hard road initially. Uh, People seem to think they watch Jerry Maguire and saw lattes and late night dinners and drinks with clients and having a good time. There is some of that though, isn't it? There is certainly <laughs> some of that. But but majority of the time it's um it's hard work. You know, you're there working for numerous people, you have numerous bosses. Uh, most people go to work and go home and they've got one boss. They understand what their roles are and responsibilities. They've got one boss, they get it done. They switch off when they turn the light off and leave. Uh, unless my phone's off, I'm at I'm on call 24-7. Now, we did touch on life after sport a little bit earlier, but um, how do you use your own examples or experiences to help the athletes you manage? Like Nate Miles, for example, and BJ have just retired. What are they kind of looking to pursue after football and how will you continue to help them? Okay, well, Nate Miles, as I said, I caught up with him earlier and um, we just sit down and work out a bit of a plan of what the next couple of years looks like and how I can help advise or introduce him to different people that can assist him with his life after sport. Even my advice on he's just about to have a baby. I told him that he had to get up all the time and look after the baby and feed it and everything like that. Everything you did, of course. Of course. Um, My wife said once made a comment that my children slept through straight away from the moment we brought them home. Uh, She corrected me and said, no, I slept straight through. (laughs) So, And then, look, there's the opportunity with BJ, you know, Mentally, he wasn't prepared to go through the grind uh, of another pre-season and he just knew his time was was up in rugby league. And um, we had to come up with a strategy how it was going to be communicated to the club and how we could then move on to his next phase of his journey or his life. And we had to go in and negotiate terms of the release and, and we were fortunate enough to secure him a employment role within the club moving forward so that's given him an opportunity to explore working on the other side of the desk as such in a administrational um, and um, club land versus being the player so those are some of the obstacles or some of the challenges we come against and hopefully we advise them in the best way forward and do you maintain 
contracts with players past their playing days or you become more of a mentor or supporting role? Obviously, you have stronger relationships with certain players you spend more time with and um, some of those players become lifelong friends. As I said, my first client was Kevin Campion and he's gone on to be a lifelong friend. Ashley Harrison was one of my, I think he was my second client. He's now working in the same office with me and he's out there mentoring and giving financial advice to our younger players, organising their finances, helping them understand that they're coming into this money but it won't last forever and they're helping them budget and, and set targets and set them up for the future. Um, so it's great to have Ash around. He's just had his third child, so um, you know we'll celebrate that with him. Um, you know, someone like Ash Harrison, I've been to his 18th, his 21st, his wedding, uh, the birth of his child and, and christening. And yeah, look, it's a journey, but we stay in contact with as many as we can. Obviously, like any other industry, people move away, uh, they go on their own journeys. In fact, we brought up the other day that we should start a PSM Old Boys and uh, try and catch up once a year, set an event and uh, get everyone together again. It'd be a bit of a laugh. And uh, just changing pace a little, you've touched on it briefly, but you have got a beautiful family up on the Gold Coast. How important is the work-life balance? It's difficult. Um, you've got to be able, as I said, I don't have a nine-to-five job. Um, my phone is on, I'm at work. And my uh, kids sometimes take a back seat to my clients but hopefully I've learnt over the years to balance it out more. I coach my son's footy team, um, I'm, I'm forever trying to make sure I'm there for the netball and obviously if I get carried away too much there's a bigger boss than me called my wife Tracy Hall. I imagine it would have been easier living in Sydney, was it a obvious choice to stay on the coast once you finished? When I retired, it was an enjoyable lifestyle, jet skiing and having a good time there on the Gold Coast. And then I was fortunate enough to, as I said, to join the Gold Coast Breakers in a, in a marketing capacity. And then when the opportunity was to join my brother in this launching this agency, um, my family was settled. Uh, we enjoyed the Gold Coast life. It's a flight to Sydney. Me and my brother have tested. He still lives on the Central Coast, but we have an office in um, Dremoyne. And I think I can beat him from the Gold Coast to the office door to door. Uh, if we leave our homes at the same time. So, look, it's a flight down. I'm down every um, two weeks. If not, I'm travelling to Melbourne or Townsville to catch up with clients. Uh, it's an environment that I enjoy living on the Gold Coast, so I can't see myself moving anytime soon. It's something you see every day now, but doing those types of things that not many other kids get to do, do you still appreciate those moments through your son's eyes and through your kids' eyes as well? Look, I... I I love the fact that I can uh, provide these life experiences for my son. I think he takes it for granted. I think he thinks it's just natural that he's allowed to walk into different sheds or, or catch up and call, whether it's Greg Bird or Nate Miles, and high-five him and get a signed boot. Or I'm pretty sure he's, uh, he offers everyone that he knows, all his friends, no, no, I can get you an introduction to that player or this player, or I can get you a signed jersey. So he's, I think he's destined to maybe be in the sports management <laughs> industry. Uh, in fact, he, he does want to uh, travel overseas and then he wants to go to college in, in America and, and learn the industry from um, working from uh, the United States. Hopefully one day we can open a, an office there and he can um, be the uh, CEO of our American... Um, He's playing footy too at the moment. Has he picked up the talent from his old man? or? Uh... Uh, look, Kai's, uh, he is talented. He certainly lacks the drive um, in training, but we never know. He, he might pick it up. 
Right now, he's uh, one of those teenagers who just seems to think everything's going to be delivered to him on a silver platter, but he needs to learn a, a healthy work ethic. Um, he's working two jobs at the moment, two very good jobs. So he's in Aqua Splash, which is a lifeguard, and he's working at Rebel Sports, learning a little bit of sales. So it's all very new to him. Uh, he used to lay on the couch and I think was an Xbox champion, but now he's out there and working and understanding that money doesn't grow on trees, which is good. Just in terms of the future or what's next, I mean, you have mentioned a bit of it, but is there anything that you're really striving to achieve within the next few years of your life? Uh, certainly. The, the goal is in the next five years that PSM will open its first office in America. We're on the journey. Uh, uh, we've got an announcement to make in the coming weeks of uh, involvement with the NFL, and it's all pretty exciting at the moment. Hopefully, um, if everything goes according to plan, then uh, we'll move there uh, for a short period. We'll uh, help Kai graduate from college and he can move into the family business and uh, operate our American arm. Uh, that would be the goal. Now, there's a lot of, a lot of work to be done between now and then, so only time will tell. And what about personal challenges? Anything outside of work that you're looking to work on at the moment, mate? What are you looking at me, uh, <laughs> what are you looking at me stomach for? Um, yes, you know, since I retired, I, I've put on 20 kilos and my wife keeps telling me that every day. I went away on a business trip the other day and I come back and there was a treadmill. Time before that, there was a gym membership. The time before that was the uh, man shakes. I'm starting to get the real hint that uh, she's not liking <laughs> The uh, Chris saw of 20 kilos heavier, so she'd like me to lose weight. So that's my goal. 2018, I'd like to get back down around the 90s. All right, just a few quick questions. What are you watching at the moment? Film, TV, what's piquing your interest? Um, I like the, the show Suits, and I also like uh, Ray Donovan. What are you listening to? Do you listen to any podcasts or any music, or do you get enough chatter on the phone? Look, I um, I don't. I don't listen to enough music. Um when I come home, I was only explaining to my son uh, a couple of days ago, when I walk in that door, he talks my ears off. And I'm grateful for that. I'm happy for it. And sometimes when you've been on the phone the entire day talking, that all you want to do is have a little bit of quiet. And I turned to him and said, Kai, I love you to death. I'll give you 10 bucks. Just give me half an hour. I can just have a little bit of quiet, quiet time. Um, when you're talking all day on the telephone, you, you know, It'd be like landscaping all day and then coming home and landscaping your house. Um, sometimes you just need that little moment and uh, then you obviously fold back into your family life and around the dinner table and move on. Well, speaking of which, do you have a time-out zone, a place where it's just you with no, no phones, no family, just a time for you? The beach. Uh, I try and get down to the beach uh, a couple of times a, a week in the morning and just have a swim. Uh, obviously... There's no phone there, so that's fantastic. A couple of times a week is a really good time to you know, go down and clear the mind. And uh, books, are you a reader at all? And what books have greatly influenced your life? don't know about influencing my life. Um, I have read all the Anthony Robbins books and all the... Um, uh, like motivational. Motivational books. But um, to be honest, I follow my mother in this. I read thriller and detective and all these sort of uh books basically with danielle Steele and stuff like that <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um but i enjoy you know a, th a good thriller at the moment i'm reading a number of books i get that from my mother she's uh she's incredible she can have three books three novels around the house on the go at the same time i can't do that but i uh i do get through um 
uh, novels pretty quick. And uh, best advice you were ever given? Best advice? I think uh, best advice is simply down to treat people like you'd be like to be treated. So with all of this taken into account, what do you feel is the key to living life on your own terms? Courage. Um, support from, from good people. I always uh, believe that... Um, you know, your, your biggest influences are your family. Your second biggest influences are your friends. So pick your friends wisely. Um, but just having that, that, that good support around you uh, and having the courage to go after your dreams. Sounds like a good place to end. Christopher All, thank you very much, mate. No problems. Thanks, Dean. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Tune in to Lifting the Lid next time when we talk to someone else.